0: Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the ego of all of the other people at the table. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, a.k.a. Maniac, And I'm DM Mitch. So today we're going to be talking about a very disturbed topic, and it's going to be us coming down with the sickness.
1: Yes, I'm so excited. Yeah, we're talking about sickness and disease and... This has been an episode I've wanted to record for a while. We're finally doing it. Neil, it's been a while, but it's just you and me here on the block talking sickness and disease. I'd like to say that this came about because a guest was sick and couldn't make it, but that's...
0: (gasps) I'm saying that's true. It's true.
1: (laughs) But that's exactly what happened. Speaking of sickness and disease, though, for Gold Patreon Dragons and up this week with this episode... We have a whole bunch of different diseases, homebrew diseases, for you to download and use in your world. So go and check that out. It's awesome. But before we jump into the meat, Neil, we've got some iTunes
0: reviews. Our first five-star review comes from Con Man, with lots of exclamation points. And they entitled it Good Show Five Stars. Love this show and the block party pod. Perfect review. Done and done. Thank you, Con Man.
1: Yes, thank and you. And our next one comes from Splinter Shield and is entitled Fledgling DM. Five stars. I have been listening to your podcast for about two months while I work. I've gotten so many ideas. One idea I got was from your all bard party show, which made me start building an all-rogue campaign. That's awesome. Kingdom Against Kingdom, with my wife and daughter playing characters from both kingdoms. Another idea I've gotten from you, I've learned a lot and recommend you guys to everyone I can. I've only run a handful of games, but love it. Thank you guys for all you do. I love the spirit of your show and can't wait to catch up. Thanks again, Jason, a.k.a. DM Wolfgar. So thank you, Jason, a.k.a. DM Wolfgar, a.k.a. Splinter Shield. Very, (laughs) very thankful for their review. I know we've interacted with you on Twitter a bunch. Really thank you so much for writing in and just... We love that you love the show.
0: So for our last review, we have it from Asby, and they entitled it, Great for Understanding. Five stars. Covers in good detail a lot of things that are from the vast and complex worlds of D&D. So thank you, Asby, for that review, and thank you everyone who takes the time to review and give us those sweet, sweet five stars. And now it's time to head to the meat. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meats? The like meat back on the menu, boys.
1: So for the meat this week, Neil, this week we're looking at some pretty old, disgusting, spoiled meat. Yeah, that uh, is making everybody sick right now. We are talking about sickness and disease in a role-playing game world. So I think the first thing to do is we got to start talking about all the aspects that when you're thinking about introducing a disease to your world, when you're thinking about using it in an adventure, you really have to start thinking about different aspect of that, that illness. So what are some of the aspects that you want to kind of think about and are going to be important
0: to developing this disease? I think the the number one thing is definitely the scope of the disease. You know, is it one player, is it your party, is it a town, is it the world? You know, you definitely need to focus in on that scope before really anything else because that that level determines ev- basically everything your party or anyone else is going to do in relation to this disease.
1: In that sense, you you can very well be basing an entire campaign off of the scope of a, yeah. of an illness or a disease or like, I mean, the word that comes to mind obviously is a plague, right? Or it could be something smaller, like just a, it could be a side quest. Uh, you got one of your characters got sick and you need to figure out what's going wrong. I mean, sometimes even sickness and disease can be used almost super throw away. Like I've used uh sickness and disease in my at my tables when one of the players can't make it that night, you can kind of hand wave. Oh, well they had to, they stayed back in town because they came down with troll rot or something like that, you oh, know? And then, yeah. and then it's fun. Cause then that player comes back to the table and he, they, he or she goes, what happened last week? Uh, what did, what did we do with my character? Oh, you had troll rot. It was disgusting. You were in bed the entire week. We went out for an adventure. So, yeah, but that also kind of makes it fun. Cause then, he gets to role-play his character not having been part of the adventure, which is easy for him be, or her because they were not actually there.
0: Yeah, go ahead. just look at your um, right arm. It's now gross and green. Have fun. <laughs> See, I would say scope
1: is definitely a really good starting point of determining how you want to use a disease. I think when you're thinking of diseases, um, illnesses it's good to think about like where did it come from and there's m- more options for where this disease came from when you're talking about a fantasy world than in the real world right so we you can yeah. have you can have a disease that was is completely of natural causes uh, it's a natural disease but in a fantasy world you could have a disease that's magical you can still have diseases that are created Uh, with ill intent by, by science or even with magic in that case. You can have diseases that are spread by monsters. Maybe there's monsters that live constantly with this disease that don't affect them, but to others, it's a super deadly disease. Obviously, diseases can be brought about by poison. And then maybe one of the most interesting is a disease that's, brought upon mortal kind by divine means, perhaps a, almost in the sense of like a curse that the gods have sent this plague or this sickness to punish mortals.
0: Yeah, and the ability to also make them function different ways is so much fun because it could also be that you're diseased because you're in this area. You're thinking about that divine one more than some of the other ones, but like you're the wrong alignment in the wrong area and now you have this disease but you leave and you're fine you ain't having these stipulations because of magic and divinity and all these things are a lot of fun to play with as well
1: yeah and that's that's really i think you hit on something really interesting there because i mean in a fantasy world one of the things that i said was like you could have a disease that's spread by a monster that these monsters whatever the monster is let's say like, let's go back to troll rot. Maybe trolls constantly have this disease of troll rot. Maybe troll mm-hmm. rot is something that kind of eats away at the skin. However, doesn't affect trolls. Why? Because they re- regenerate. So they, they live uh, with yep. this disease, and it doesn't affect them. But if you come into contact with the troll, you can get this disease, and it would affect you. But that's a good point, Neil, that when you come to a fantasy world disease, you go does it affect every single race? Uh, Does it affect certain, like are there diseases that dwarves can fight off really easily where like an elf will have a really hard time? Elves are super susceptible to certain diseases. Or like you said, if we're talking magic, if we're talking divine sicknesses, alignment, which is crazy to think of, like you're a good character and so you may get the shadow plague, but you are super, super evil. Your heart is as black as a black hole. Don't
0: worry about it. You'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then like you said, that could also be, The idea, though, that it doesn't do anything. And then we have real world examples where, you know, you could be a carrier of something but Mm -hmm. have no ill effects, but then someone else that gets it from you then has these terrible side effects. And so, yeah, the idea of the, you know, even transferring it, you know, it's a human, it's an evil human, they hit you, and then later you find out now you have that shadow plague rather than anything else.
1: Terrifying. (laughs) Super terrifying.
0: I think that. Super
1: terrifying, and if this is a new disease too, this is a this is a fantastic role playing opportunity and to give to your players because maybe you as a DM like have them have them roll like Constitution saves and you you know just for that metagaming aspect, mm-hmm. but then they start to go well I've I've been I've been around this guy for forever, and I'm not getting sick maybe it's because of what race they are or what alignment they are. And so you can have the, you can watch as the players literally like start to figure out why is this disease not affecting my character? What's going on here? And they could literally be the first ones. Like you, like you said, they they could be the first to carry it and the first to figure out what's going on, which is going to, which is going to determine how they interact with the rest of the world. If they can figure this out, like the, that there's, certain aspects that are, you can be immune to this disease. Yeah. So I think when we are talking about um, some sort of sickness, also important to recognize is that, and you said it with the carrier, and you you were talking about it in the sense of somebody perhaps being immune to it, even though they're able, or it doesn't affect them in a certain way. But I think symptoms are really important to a disease when we're talking about role-playing. Those are going to be the ways that you're going to figure out that you're sick in the first place. You're starting to get clues. (laughs) And if these are known diseases that you've contracted, then hopefully you can take these symptoms to somebody who knows well enough or have a character roll a medicine check, something along those lines, and figure out what disease is actually going. Because unless, unless you pinpoint what disease you have then you're not going to be able to make the next step of how do we fix this how do we cure this
0: yeah and then you're know, kind of going back to the idea of scope with the symptoms you're you're determining what speed all of this is happening you know yeah. because is it hours is it days is it weeks you know and that that's also a very important aspect to whatever disease or sickness that you're adding into your game the level of dire, dire straits that you can put a, a single player into if it's only hours, but you're know, going back to the idea that I would want that to be something fairly known if it is that way, you know, I would hate for, well, I mean, who knows, but I'd hate for a couple bad roles to mean, oh, well you died because you got a terrible <laughs> sickness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you're right. that the, And remembering that how quickly the disease progresses could have a whole number of factors. It could have a factor of one, just randomness. Like, it like it doesn't affect everybody. I think a zombie show is always the best for this, right? Because you always watch watch zombie shows, like The Walking Dead, and you'll have one guy, and he's been bit, and he's, like, walking around for, like, three weeks or whatever. That's a little extreme, but he's walking around for a long time. Yep. He's fine. Then you have a, another person. She gets bit, and immediately... She starts foaming at the mouth and ready to attack and and go after the brains. Right. (laughs) But yeah, like it can, it can be somewhat random. It could be based on the things we've said. Like there could be a higher um, immune factor depending on race, depending on alignment, depending on all those things. It could be dependent on roles on how well of a constitution role that you made. You're able to fight it off more. If you get a crit one, you're doing not, you're not doing so great. Yeah. But then I think that brings us brings us into the other fact that like some diseases also have like stages, right? Which show different symptoms. And like at a certain stage, it might be like, oh, gosh, you're at like a higher stage than we would have wanted you to. This is going to make this even more difficult to get rid of this sickness.
0: Also putting in the caveat that, you know, if you start to use these kinds of things, I mean, you would need to know that that's something your players are going to be okay with. I mean, because I wouldn't want to deter anyone from having a very deadly campaign and disease and sickness is a, a core part of it. And, you know, and, your, and your players are going into it knowing I am trying to rid the world of this and there's the very real chance I will contract it and die. Yeah. I mean, so that that can be awesome and you I know, mean, but again, if the players aren't on board, they probably won't consider it awesome. <laughs> well, and it makes it it
1: makes it a scary thing because the environment, right, becomes a danger. People who are innocent people who aren't monsters become a danger to be around. But like I think it's interesting because there's the going into it blind, walking into a village that's been affected by like a terrible sickness and having no preparation, and then the other side of it is knowing that there's sickness and going in and trying to, to help, a village that's suffering, and what kind of precautions do you take going into that village if your adventurers know? Like, are, is there fantasy hazmat suits that they wear? I like I almost think of like a, a wizard like casting some sort of like bubble protection around him and perhaps the players and does that completely ward off any illness or does that it does a really good job but you've got to be careful
0: yeah and that kind of leads us into some of the things that are already built into the game that are ways to remove or not get diseases in the first place i mean there's a few things that give immunity um so we can i was thinking we could work backwards from there yeah. so the of health you're just immune if you're a paladin and you have divine health, you're immune. And the monk, if you have the purity of body, once again, you're immune. So, uh, with those three three things, you're good to go. That's your your class or item based hazmat suit.
1: Yeah, which which makes those those type of classes, those type of adventures, if they are at those levels, which they receive that, that's that makes them pretty crazy and pretty important. Like, we can, we as DMs can see that and just be like, oh, that's a cool little feature that your character gets. I guess if we ever come across a monster that spreads a disease, you'll be good. Or you can look at that and be like, oh, man, there's a crazy opportunity here for role-playing. This person's immune. This monk is immune. And most monks that I've had players play with monks, I think of, like, Chris with Sonjen, they would be the first to want to go, even if they didn't have that protection, into yeah. a town full of sick people and try to help. So it's, yep. it's this great opportunity that I think often might get overlooked as just, oh, it's a cool class feature.
0: Yeah, and especially like you said, I mean, there the willingness that that player can then have to go farther into the thick of things because, I mean, you're immune. So it's not really a problem. We've talked about, we've talked about sickness and disease, the
1: origins, the symptoms, the stages that they can have that there lies in the question of like, how do you, if you, or your PCs contract a disease, how do they get rid of it? Like, is there, is there a cure is a big question, right? And, and there yeah. might you know, yeah, you, Neil, you go, cause some diseases, there might not be a cure and they could be terrible, terrible diseases. And then there might be some diseases like we've talked about flaws on the the podcast before, and flaws being a great thing for PCs to have. There could be like certain sicknesses that you might decide your PC. It'd be interesting to have them like go on and 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 to role play through having a certain illness. That they're not they're not going to get rid of because there isn't a cure, but to deal with that and to role play, see what role playing opportunities come from that. But yeah, cures and like
0: I think in a fantasy world that's going to be different, right, Neil? Yeah, you have a lot of things. I mean, from uh, some things from lower level and definitely the higher level spells that can get rid of it. But you know, and going back into the idea of scope, you know, figuring out what does it take because it could be that you have an area that is. You know, if you want to say disease riddled and it's a lot of diseases, so you're not just really contracting one or, or two. So then that could be the issue where the limited resources of your party are counteracting some, but not all. And yeah. so then going, kind of going through that process. The other thing is, you know, and you're adding in magic, divinity, and all these other things. It could just be that the normal conventional methods aren't enough and so you truly need to find something that is the cure for this very specific disease.
1: Yeah, and when you have all those different aspects, right? Cures can can come back to what we talked about the origin, right? Like a a natural disease you might just need to use some like some natural herbs to get rid of a certain disease. Or maybe it just needs some time and some rest. A magical disease, do you need magic to get rid of it a divine disease if the gods have decided to bring this disease upon the earth i'd say out of all the diseases that's the one that might be the scariest in the sense of yeah the gods don't care they 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 brought it for a reason and they are there's no cure magic well the magic flows from the gods so arcane divine it's not going to work because they're answer is no this is how it should be and then science too or you can even flip it on your its head and be like this is a magical disease but we need science to be able to, to counteract it to counteract it and and vice versa yeah. this is a, a natural disease and we need magic
0: to counteract it. I can't get it out of my head, so I have to say it, and hopefully it'll it'll go away. But when you're mentioning <laughs> that, it it made me think of the scene. He's like, "Yes, Athelas, ah, oh, King'sfoil. It's a weed." Yes. And yes. Then, <laughs> uh, I mean, so it could be. I mean, and it truly could be as simple as that, I and mean, or that could be, you know, and going into the idea of maybe not a cure but a deterrent, or you know, I mean, some you're you're treating the symptoms, but you're not yet to a place where you can treat the disease itself. You I know, mean, so there's definitely a lot of ways to approach it.
1: And just like there are different levels of illnesses, I think there's going to be different levels of cures and there's going to be some diseases without cure. There's going to be some diseases that it, it is like, just go out in the any garden and you'll find this plant. It's super common and it's all, you, you know, put it in some hot water, stir it around. You'll be fine. Drink that. You're cured. And then some things are going to be like, yes, you can cure this. But oh my gosh, you will need the rarest plant that is like at the top of that dangerous mountain that you need to climb in order to get it. And you've got to be careful because there's like I hear tales that there's a white dragon up there, which kind of leads us right into our our next thing of like how we use sickness and disease as as plot points and as adventures in campaigns, which I think. We talked about this at the beginning, Neil, but I think you could do an entire campaign if you want based off oh, yeah, of an definitely. illness. I think that stage is going to be raised higher, right? We're talking plague type sickness, but a whole campaign could be based
0: around that. I mean, an example you have Turncloaks, you know, from mm. Encounter Roleplay, where like you know, it is kind of like in that plague doctor setting, and you know, you have a plague that is prolific throughout the entire world and i think that's a great that started their campaign i think that's a great way to start a campaign if it is on that scope i think for me the smaller idea i wouldn't want to introduce it as a plot point Right away. I mean, if it, I was going to, if I was going to choose some poor party member that, that was going to have something, <laughs> I would kind of hope that there would already be, you know, some sessions, or maybe even arcs that they've played through, you know, because then they have more attachment to that player and that player character. And so I think it would be, you know, everyone's more willing to say, yeah, we're going to go to the top of the mountain, we're going to fight this white dragon, and we're going to get this very specific herb so that we can heal this person that we've gone through all this stuff with. Well, that can,
1: like, the way that you described it there can really be a turning switch in the feel of a campaign because I almost imagine just a campaign starting... And almost being pretty sandboxy, you get a group of adventures together, you're running around, you're making a name for yourself, you're saving a, a town from the ogres that are coming in and stealing their things and demanding tribute, you're going and you're, you're taking down certain monsters, you're helping certain villages, and then all of a sudden you start to see little, maybe you just pass on the road, you pass a wagon and the driver, you just... Really mention really quickly, he, he's coughing a lot. Uh, you see him really kind of hacking and coughing, and then he goes past, and you just kind of move on from there. But you're giving these little clues, and eventually, that becomes the campaign where it's like this plague has completely spread, and you go from this very sandbox running around doing adventures to a lot more of a dark kind of feel when the whole land is threatened by this and you've got the bring yeah. out your dad
0: ding ding and people are like dropping like flies yeah well oh. well and i like the kind of the you know and from a story writing perspective you know often the the trope it's not even a trope the style is called the rule of three uh, where you know you could have that initial caravan driver or you know wagon driver coughing and when you go into town you know and you mention offhandedly there are other people coughing then you have one of your players start coughing yeah and so you 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 know that rule of 3 to kind of give those hints and then that they can also work backwards of oh no going mean, for the most part depending on your world you're not going to have a fantasy airport which is you know one of the biggest real world concerns about a very Vicious sicknesses. You know, and someone had it and went to an airport, and now the world over has that joy because it spread through all these planes. But wagons and travel and food and, and things ships, like that could yeah. be and airships. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like there, yeah. Airships are the
1: are airplanes in a fantasy world. Yep. It completely and totally, totally works. I was even thinking, so you, Neil, you brought about the fact that you know you pass, like, if you pass that person and then your your. PC, one of your PCs starts to cough, you know, like I, if this was something that I was trying to keep on the DL, I would probably have the constitution modifiers for all the players secretly and roll for them behind the screen and then go off of that and be like, be like, oop, Bobby did not make his, his con save. It's going to start with him. But another, another thing that we kind of touched on is like that aspect of, certain races or alignments, depending, or just certain fat, like people are immune to certain diseases in our world. It, it just, it happens like genetics, things like that. And so what if your PCs are going around from town to town and you're starting to notice that there is sickness spreading and you're like, where is this coming from? And almost if we were to like do a bird's eye, like view... And we were to see that map, right? Uh, Like, you see the map of the Fellowship, like, traveling through Middle-earth. If you were to, like, picture a map of your PCs traveling, you're seeing this blotch of darkness wherever they go going out. Because unknown to them, they are the carriers. And the reason they're seeing it pop up wherever they go is because whenever they come into contact with different people... They're unknowingly spreading it, which is terrifying. And you know, I mean, you need to, if you're going to do that, I feel like you need to have some way that these, these PCs can become the heroes of the campaign. Cause you don't want to just be that jerky DM. That's like, you guys are, you guys killed everybody, man. You guys are terrible. <laughs> 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 oh, that's good. I love that idea. So what about like, um, on a smaller scale, there are definitely ways to use sickness as a whole campaign But sometimes, like, illnesses can be used just as, like, a a one-night side adventure or even something that's not even a side adventure but going on while you continue the rest of the story. What are some ways, Neil, that you would want, like, to use sickness on a a smaller scale than whole campaign focus
0: it just popped into my head so i'm trying to process it a little <laughs> bit but another thing i thought would be it's also a way to have things that wouldn't normally be a challenge be a challenge you know in this you know because sickness and disease is kind of the topic you could have your players eat bad food hmm. and then the next day what would have normally been a pushover is really difficult because they're dealing with either levels of exhaustion, disadvantage on certain things. You know, and you could have it where now they're basically f- still having to go through their normal adventuring day, but with food poisoning. Yeah. And it could be a you know a way to change how the night looks. And then they would for- forevermore be cautious of all food they consume. But it'd still be a fun kind of not necessarily one shot, but small piece of your campaign.
1: Yeah. Or even sickness being brought about by the environment. Well, you you guys, you spend all day traveling in the pouring rain. I need you all to roll a con save. That's a two. Yeah. You're, you're not feeling good or even going off the food thing. All your food wasn't really protected. Like it's damp. It's wet. It's not going to be good for very long. Yeah, there's there's these little aspects that can really start sickness being kind of a problem, something that your players might have to deal with. Uh, I can't wait to make my players sick now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. I mean, and then there's the obvious what I feel like where sickness is the most prevalent for most people who play D&D and other role playing games is sickness brought about by encounters, a certain monster carrying a disease you know you, you get that oh if you got that bite attack well you better roll con because you might get uh some sort yep. of illness that that dog-like monster is carrying i think that's probably the most popular use of sickness in a game but yep. it still is i think really a, a another aspect that you have to worry about and can make a a creature that otherwise wouldn't be that scary like a a creature that has a really low challenge rating, well, if they're biting and they've got a disease, rats, right? Rats even at level one, most players are not that afraid of rats. But rats that carry a disease,
0: now that could be a problem. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other ways that it's implemented via monsters, but usually it's you're know, going back to that idea of the scope. Usually when it's a monster, it's it's a now thing because you're know, yeah. it's you know, even to lift the story veil a little bit, you know, that's a mechanical choice. You know, so you're the idea of the challenge rating of the monster is coupled with the fact that it will potentially have this disease and do X amount of damage or reduce the effectiveness of a player by a certain amount. You know, and so that's definitely one way to have it be really prevalent. But you know, the idea of these things being key components to your game change it don't let it be right then you right? know the idea that you you were bitten by this creature and again you going all the way back to magic and divinity you could have been bitten by you know let's say a displacer beast and nothing happens because nothing normally happens and your players are okay with that but then you go into this area and now you have this terrible displacement Like the player actually starts displacing and it's a bad thing. And like now everything's at disadvantage. People can't interact with them the same way. And it's all because they basically have, I mean, if we wanted to, if we wanted to call it a disease, what if we called it displacement? And now whenever they're in certain areas until cured, they are displaced. So that's just a idea of stretching that out and making it more than it would have been.
1: Yeah, and I think I think you gotta when you're thinking about disease spread by monsters too, you can think more outside the box than how is it transmitted, by claw attack, by bite attack. Well, it might just be a proximity thing. I think of there are monsters in the Monster Manual that when they die, they explode. <laughs> like yeah, there's the, I there's thought the, about that I too. Think, yeah, I think it's the mag magnum. Uh, or magna or oh, something yep. like that. The little magma monster that explodes upon death. Well, what if it's something that explodes upon death and spreads disease? The reason I bring all those up, whether it's proximity or whether it's something like that, they're that exploding. Once your players figure that out, they're going to have to combat those creatures in a whole different way. If this is creatures that are like on a widespread problem, like, if these creatures, there's a lot of them, your barbarian isn't going to want to run in with his axe and just go to town. Uh, even yeah. if they get have good con saves, everybody's going to fail a con save eventually. So it's like, now you're going, okay, we have to really be careful
0: and be smart about how we combat these creatures. Oh. I was actually thinking of it way back when you were talking about the ogres. I think you were mentioning ogres attacking. Yeah. Uh, The idea of kind of that last-ditch effort, and then there's this haggard, if you want to say, via some kind of perception-based check, that they look diseased, and then they essentially die and blow up or intentionally blow themselves up to have something terrible happen. Oh man, Neil, you—it's—it's it's totally different
1: than what you were talking about. But you bringing back up the ogres totally made me think of in medieval times when they would catapult dead animals. Yeah, you're thinking a yep. lot, and I'm yep. like, well, an ogre could very easily be a living catapult, and be you like you could be in a fight with a bunch of ogres, and they're throwing dead carcasses of animals or mm-hmm. people, grossly enough. Yep that could carry diseases that maybe they aren't bothered by. Maybe they're just eating yep. the rotten meat because it doesn't bother them, but they know that their food now can be a weapon. It's the most deadly yeah. food fight that you could have in a and d game, is what yes. I'm saying here.
0: <laughs> yep. I also thought about the idea, yuan and obviously with the idea of sickness and, and disease, you're going to get into some darker territory. And again, that needs to be something your players are okay with, but the idea that the ogres are using poor diseased goblins and catapulting them. Yeah. And then you know, and it could even be that you know, you throw the goblin over and they're still alive but diseased and now they're trying to infect others. You know the idea of some sort of siege and being willing to do that kind of thing.
1: Well, we're we're on the dark the dark territory right now, so let's let's just stay there and recognize that this was something that like in history was an issue with the fact that like when we talk about plagues, one of the biggest problems and questions that places that were had plagues uh, occurring in them that they had to deal with was what do we do with the dead bodies and a fantasy Mm -hmm. world can have that same exact problem of like these dead bodies are are amplifying this illness and like we said in the sense of like an ogre an ogre could use those that dead body to its advantage but you might have to be a part of a role-playing decision where what do you do when your a friend of yours dies? Uh, like, do you bury them like normal? Do you do the regular ceremony that a funeral would entail? Or is there some, some other way that you need to, in order to try to stop the spread of this illness? And that, that is definitely going into darker territory, but some campaigns are darker and that might be in a direction in which you choose to explore with your players.
0: So one of the other things we wanted to do, though, was also kind of give a shout out to some sicknesses and diseases that already exist in the fantastical world. And one of the ones and I I think really helped spur this conversation on in both of our minds is if you go over to the DMs Guild right now, there's the Malady Codex, which is all about diseases and epidemics written by medical students. So taking the real world terror and making it even more real in our fantastical games, one of the ones, and it's actually what the cover image is about is called the Druid's curse. And so it's this very sickly looking plague doctor. And it's, it really gives an af- amazing feel uh, for the Druid's curse. You know, I don't, You know, we're not going to sit here and read too much from there, but I do want to give you the box text right under the Druid's Curse. Because we want them of to go of, and check it out themselves. Yep. It's it,
1: f- it's super cheap. It's less than $3. Yeah. It's, yeah.
0: yeah. It's a 25-page document with a dozen different curses and maladies in there. And like I said, it is it gives real-world connections because these are two medical students, at least two, um, if not more, that have done this. And so the Druid's Curse, of all the diseases in this codex, there is none more mysterious perhaps the deadliest of them all. This is a disease whose origins are lost in time. Let me tell you the tale of the fabled druid. And so, yeah, it gives origins, causes, symptoms, diagnosis, cure, plot hooks. I mean, and that's for each and every one of them. So definitely head on over. Yeah, like we said, less than three bucks and you can get the Malady Codex and make your players as terrified as I am staring into the dark, hollow eyes of this plague doctor. And I believe they say that in their, their section
1: entitled Plot Hooks, but, like, that in itself right there is a campaign. Mm-hmm. They say this is this yep. is a super dangerous disease. If you're going to use this disease, it's going to be a focus. It's going to be something that your PCs are going after to try and cure the world of this terrible disease. Neil, it was funny because I we were talking about what topic to do for this episode. And I brought up sickness and disease and you went, Oh my goodness. I, I just found this thing that works so well within the past, like two weeks. And yep. Yeah. For anybody who's interested in using sickness and disease, you got to go check that out. But there are so many, so many like places you can go online. I mean, there are legitimate diseases that are in the D and D books. You can jump into those and check them out. One of the places that I found that I thought was really cool is if you like random table charts or or random generated aspects to have that fun aspect of just having things randomly in your world, on dndspeak.com, there's a list of a 100 diseases, and there is this this little button at the top that says generate disease, and it just takes one of the 100 diseases. So if you are playing a kind of sandboxy game and you want to be like, all right, let me just click on this, and see what disease comes up, and I'm going to base an encounter, or I'm going to like have this be the disease that the next town has, and from one simple click of a button, I feel like you can come up with such inspiration, so let's, Neil, let's do this right now, okay?
0: Bard's Revenge. Your ears constantly hear a repeating brief tune. And like immediately made me go back to like a a villain. And that's another thing. The idea that that monster that displaced your beast. And now you're still thinking about that for now sessions later. The idea that you fought this bard and then you're, you're plagued basically with that, that tune you just can't get out of your head. Oh my god! And so then like concentration checks on you. And if it was a caster or disadvantage at times when you're you're going in combat, I think really, really fun
1: well and let's let's take that even further for a sweet role-playing moment where one of the pcs has bards revenge and all of a sudden you're in the middle of a battle with this disease and the bard starts singing the song that that you can't get out of your head do you oh, do good. you rage out like what happens but yeah. all right here's another one Neil uh this one oh my gosh we've got demon ears so once again these are we're just randomly generating these. This person can only hear what demons tell it. Now, Neil, let's say you're going into a town that has completely been affected by demon ears. Like, all of the, all the people in this town have it. They can't hear you and your adventuring party. They can't hear each other. And maybe that's all it is. But if there is any element of demons in this town they are hearing something and how terrifying yeah. of a town is that going to be oh it's so good so good i love it all right neil hit us with another one
0: i'm a big fan i this is this doesn't have a lot behind it but i'm a big fan that it's there the common cold it's just a cold <laughs> you'll cough and sneeze but that's about it but that's randomly generated right that's
1: fantastic yeah. <laughs> all right there's one okay we got two more we've got sir okay. avador's fire Magical multicolored rashing of the skin. First of all, that Ooh. I I almost said that paints a beautiful picture for us. <laughs> that paints a disgusting picture for us, but really an interesting like aesthetic to a fantasy yeah. disease. So magical multicolored rashing of the skin can sometimes flare up and deal a type of magic damage to those afflicted. Common among magic users. To me, like, just from reading that description, I think this is a... If you play with spell failure in the, your world, this is a great thing to have whenever spell failure happens. Have have them roll a con save. Don't tell them why. And then if they fail it, they've got Sir Avador's fire.
0: They've yeah. totally gotten that disease. One more, Neil. So the last one we'll highlight is a very interesting way to add something to your D&D game that you're I in. Mean, I personally can view these things as a disease. You're in a gambling addiction, alcoholism. And so gambling addiction, the idea that it's not just you coughing it's not you grow sores it's something more in a way more sinister and you're know, so you're compelled to gamble at any opportunity that comes up and you're know, figuring out that it is this disease maybe it's a set of dice that you picked up maybe it's a set of a deck of cards and so now you're always compelled and you mean know, it could be also like the ring you're know, anytime hmm. you start to want to gamble you know, and you always notice that the player character next to you is like kind of fumbling through a a pair of dice, which are magical and non-magical items already in the game. Maybe they picked up a set of troll dice and now they're compelled to gamble at every opportunity. So definitely think outside the box when thinking I want to add a disease to my game. And I know, Neil, we
1: talked about this off-air, but I think it is fair to say, do we bring that kind of thing up? Because this is something that real world isn't a real world problem. And I think when you DM a game, if you're thinking about adding an aspect like that, if you're thinking about having gambling or alcoholism, or like we talked about that really dark, like there's a plague and you're having to get rid of plagued dead bodies. Like these are things that we would always say. One of the most important things when you're sitting down with your players is for all of your players to feel that role playing at the table is fun and is a safe space. So we'd say, just be careful. Make sure that everybody feels comfortable and okay with these kind of aspects when we're talking about sickness, diseases, and role-playing in those in those fantasy worlds. But with that,
0: we're going to head to the mailbag of holding. But they've been asking for their mail on a daily basis. It's all they're talking about up there. That right there is the mail. Now let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? i am
1: dying to talk about the mail for you all day, okay? Welcome to another segment of the Mailbag of Holding, the place where you look at ideas, stories, and questions from you, the listener. Today, we have a question from DM Nikki. Nikki wrote to us on Facebook Messenger and asked about a campaign that Nikki is currently running. And so, Nikki tells us a little bit about the campaign, which is, it really sounds awesome. Basically, the world that they've created is one where dinosaurs and vampires they describe verse dragons so that first of all has me already excited i want to play in this world where dinosaurs and vampires are versing dragons that sounds phenomenal yes but then nikki tells us that in their home group they have two players that are very consistent and two players that are very flaky and so nikki asks us about a DMPC character to help them out. So, Nikki, listened to our episode on DMPCs, but has a question concerning what type of class would make a good supporting character. One that isn't, because it's something we talked about in our episode, that isn't the center of attention. Basically, Nikki wants this character to be a help, but not to take the spotlight off of Nikki's PCs. So, Neil, what are your thoughts on a type of class that would be good at supporting as a DMPC?
0: I would go, based on kind of also the idea that the two that aren't showing up that we- that often are dragon knights, and I was kind of leaning that way even before I got to that piece, but having either a fighter hmm. or a barbarian. Then kind of make it that true extension, you know, the weapon is the extension of my arm. I would even kind of steer away from Battlemaster, because then you get into a lot of complex mechanics. So in a lot of ways, I think I would go barbarian because you could also play up that they're reserved they don't like talking to other people but then when it comes time to cut things in half there they are and you're basically just rolling a couple dice each round instead of you know, you know oh i'm gonna cast this and i need to roll this against myself and back and forth and what spell should i choose no i'm, I'm just going to use my axe and see if i can split it into two yeah, pieces that's,
1: yeah i think you're you're right when you say the part about like don't get too complex because you're going to be dming you don't need a another complex thing to be holding you back from focusing on that so the simpler you can go and a fighter or a simple barbarian would be a good th- i almost think of it as like the strong thug like or bodyguard like character that's almost going to just be quiet maybe they don't even speak common if you think of in Star Wars you have Chewbacca everybody loves Chewbacca but Chewbacca isn't going to be in the spotlight because you can't even understand Chewbacca but I think that's a perfect way to have a DMPC and and whatever class you pick uh, because you could even choose to go with a cleric so that they're uh, very focused on healing I think it's always good to also remember that I think the best DMPCs are the ones that are almost group pcs that you as a dm yes you may uh control as uh and anytime they're role playing but also make it clear to your players like oh this this person is there to support you so i have no problem with letting you guys as well uh, if you would like to take control of this character and either role play for them or even roll in battle for them So thank you so much, Nikki, for writing us in on Facebook with that question and telling us a little bit about your campaign. We hope that that campaign is going phenomenally for you.
0: We hope you enjoyed our conversation about sicknesses and disease and hopefully you can plague your players with some of the information that we've given. And if you wanted to let us know about that, you can always email us at dungeonmasterblock@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And of course, if you liked this episode and the other ones and see fit, head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review and we'll read it on air. You can follow us on
1: Twitter at DMS underscore block. That's at DMS block. And you can follow our Facebook page
0: Both of those places are wonderful places if you want to get updates about the show. As always, the Dungeon Master's Block is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network, where you can check out other shows like the GM Showcase, Geek Wars, and Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters, and more. And that's it for this episode of the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we
1: come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God killing characters, and lowering the egos of all other people at the table. I'm DM Neil. Good night and good luck. And I'm Dungeon Master Mitch, reminding you to always keep on Dungeon Mastering. And with that, we're shutting off the mics for tonight's story. I don't know what the heck that was.
0: Well, that was, that was nice. <laughs> it was nice. <laughs> we're just okay. going to calmly tuck you into bed. That was a blooper right there. Is what it was. Uh, and... <laughs>
1: oh, gosh.
0: Bye.